Welcome to Tabi Tabi Pod. I am your host Ethan, and this is a bi-weekly podcast about Philippine folklore, mysteries, paranormal stories, and maybe some foreign myths. I hope everyone's safe and doing good. Thanks for making Tabi Tabi Podcast part of your routine. I've got some exciting news to share. I am so happy to announce that we've got a sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Aswang Project a website created as an educational resource to share the rich, colorful, and diverse folklore of the Philippines. I'm sure you've heard me mention this website a few times now. Aswang Project has a wide range of articles that I find extremely useful when conducting research on Philippine mythological creatures. They recently finished their new book titled Ferdinand Blumentritt's Diccionario Mitologico de Filipinas and it's up for pre-order now. Go to their website at www.aswangproject.com to learn more about their new book and to read more Philippine myths. For today's episode, we are going to talk about one of the classics in the Philippine mythological world. I say classic because for me it's kind of like an old school creature, and it's one of the creatures I feared growing up. Let me introduce to you, Manananggal. To say I'm excited to talk about this creature would be an understatement. We may be here for a while because there is so much information about this creature. Anyway, let's just start. Manananggal is an aswang, a flying aswang to be precise. So before we confuse each other, let me explain what an aswang is first. According to Maximo Ramos, the term aswang can be thought of as a genetic term consisting of a variety of Filipino supernatural creatures. There are many different types of aswang, including vampires, visitor suckers, were-dogs, witches, and ghouls. Someday, hopefully before the end of the year, I'll be able to release a lengthy episode about the aswang. But as of now, let's just talk about one of the creatures under this. And because the focus of today's episode is on the Manananggal, according to Maximo Ramos, the Manananggal is a type of aswang that is classified as a viscera sucker. What exactly is a viscera sucker? Viscera means organs, and sucker means to draw liquid or air to your mouth. We can assume it refers to sucking one's internal organs. However, if we follow Maximo Di Ramos' description of viscera suckers in his book, Creatures of Philippine Lower Mythology, viscera suckers are creatures that suck out the entrails, sputum, and fetus of their human victims using their long, tubular tongue. I'm not sure where in the Philippines this creature originated, but Mr. Ramos mentioned Tagalog and Bicol in his book. I don't believe they originated there specifically, perhaps they were just well known there. However, additional research indicates that it is also popular in the Visayan regions, particularly in the western provinces of Capiz, Iloilo, Bohol, and Antique. The Manananggal is described as a beautiful maiden during the day and a bloodthirsty viscera-eating monster at night. They are described to be attractive, light-skinned, and long-haired women. 
This is not to say that there are no male manananggals, but this creature is typically depicted as a woman. They are said to coexist with humans in a rural setting, although there have been reports that they also live in cities. They go about their daily lives just like any other human being. A manananggal can also be a sorceress who travels to villages and barrios. She finds a victim, kills them, and moves on to another village. They are also thought to have a family, and when they hunt, they occasionally bring the victim back to their home to feed their children. When their hunger is unsatisfied in the evening, they transform into terrifying creatures. They are known to detach their lower body and fly out at night to look for human victims. Yes, you heard that right. The lower half is left and will stay rooted in the place right where they transformed, while the top half spends the evening searching for unfortunate humans to eat. With this description, I am guessing that their intestines will droop or dangle when they fly. Manananggal is also called a self-segmenter or a self-segmenting visera sucker. What does it mean to be a self-segmenter or self-segmenting? The verb segment means to divide into distinct parts or sections. As a result, I think they can divide themselves and, in this case, detach from their top half and fly away. Did you know that there are supposedly other types of self-segmenters? And the manananggal is the most well-known of them all. Some self-segmenter can detach their heads with their intestines and fly. Another can fly by detaching from the knee. Maybe I can talk about the other self-segmenters in an episode soon. Now, according to Wikipedia, the word manananggal comes from the Tagalog word tanggal, which means to remove or to separate, which translates as remover or separator. In this instance, one who separates itself. The name also originates from an expression used for a severed torso. But Ethan, how are they able to separate themselves? They need to transform is a short answer. But I guess you want the longer explanation, right? So the manananggal is an eswang. That was established early on in this episode. There are two types of aswangs, walking aswang and the flying aswang. The walking aswang are referred to as aswang na lakaw in Bicol and flying aswang are referred to as aswang na layog or asbo. Flying or walking aswang, if they want to fly, they must use a magical formula or ointment to take off. And because the manananggal is classified as a flying aswang, this also applies to them. So, what is the ointment that they use to transform? Growing up, the only thing I knew about the ointment this creature uses was that it was made of oil. It was not specified what type of oil was used or whether it was combined with other ingredients. Fortunately, I was given a book that could answer this nagging question. This ointment, according to Frank Lynch in his book The Aswang Inquiry, 
which was gifted to me by Philippine Spirit. I guess as a thanks for participating in their Halimawin 2020 challenge, is composed of ill-smelling chicken dung, coconut oil to dissolve it in, and decayed human flesh or blood. Now, this ointment according to the book is kept in a bamboo container or a bottle. When this creature is ready to hunt at night, it will seek out a banana grove or a deserted field. Now I will read the transformation from the book of Frank Lynch called The Aswang Inquiry. Dipping her right hand into the foul-smelling oil, the Aswang applies it in a line beginning from the tip of the little finger of her left hand, continuing down to the length of the arm, to the armpit, then down the left side, to the outer side of the left leg, ending at the tip of the little toe. Then, the left hand is dipped into the chicken dung mixture. The process is duplicated on the right side of the body. While doing this, the aswang repeats to herself aloud the following magic words. Siri, siri, Dios kong banggi, labaw sa kakahoyan, lagpas sa kasirongan. In English, it translates, There is no God at night, over the trees, under the houses. When these words are uttered, an oily membrane is said to appear on both sides of the body. Their hair brittles, straightens, and stiffens. It was also mentioned that the hair was so stiff that you could cut a cheese with it. Their eyes turn reddish and their teeth become razor sharp. Their fingernails grow long and pointed. They will then flap their wings while repeatedly saying, Kas, 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 which in Bikul means fast. Now, for example, when I use it in a sentence, makaskasun ka, it means you're too fast. So I guess when they say kaskas, that's an indication for her to fly faster or sort of like a boost of energy. That's just my speculation. You can hear the cry of wakwak, kakak, or kikik as they fly. And they are said to be the sound of a bird bearing a bad omen and heralding the arrival of a manananggal. Kinda like a warning sign. In Season 1, Episode 2 of this podcast, I discussed the tiktik or kikik, so if you want to learn more, you can go back and listen to it. Now that they are on the move, how do they track their victims? Their acute sense of smell allows them to detect a sick person or a pregnant woman from great distances. In the province, I'm used to hearing stories like this. When someone is ill or pregnant and you hear a noise on the roof, people are alarmed because it means a manananggal is perched on your rooftop. Houses in rural areas that existed back then, and I'm pretty sure if you houses like this exist today, they are constructed with materials such as bamboo, anahaw, and palm leaves to name a few. So it's easier for the manananggal to see its victim because there are tiny holes on the rooftop. Unlike in cities where everything is made of concrete. Let's pretend the victim is a pregnant woman for this example. A noise on the roof is a cause for concern because the manananggal lets out its long proboscis-like tongue once it locates a hole on its victim's rooftop. When the tip of its tongue touches the victim's belly, 
it extends through the navel and directly towards the unborn child. It will use enzymes to digest the fetus and then suck it out, killing the mother in the process. If she can't find any sick or pregnant women in the area, a lone traveler or a drunk walking alone could be its target. How so? Well, it can swoop down between the legs of its prey and lift him into the air and bring them back home. So, if you're walking alone on a dark street at night, make sure you don't leave too much space between your legs or the manananggal may swoop down and devour you. I don't know exactly if it will eat your entire body, but according to books and, re and other researches, they are more prone to eat flesh of babies or livers. What happens after she has satisfied her hunger? She must return to her lower half before the sun sets or she will end up dead. But where is her lower half? As I previously stated, she leaves them in a remote field or banana grove. The banana grove makes sense to me more because it sort of blends in with the tree at night. If you pass by a banana grove from a distance, you would never guess that the stump in front of you is the lower half of the manananggal. Because when you first see it, your first thought would be, Oh, it looks like an ordinary banana stump because of its silhouette. So I guess it is more plausible for them to transform in the banana grove because they can hide their lower body easily. But I guess it depends on the area they are in. Because if there are no banana groves within the area, then might as well just go to a deserted field and transform there. Now how do they reassemble themselves back to being a human? Well, the creature only needs to place its internal organs in a correct position to be restored to human form. Furthermore, it is believed that bathing in a river will wash away the ointment's foul odor as well as its power. Some say they add words or other chants like, There is a god at night, and according to the book, this undoes the pact with the evil spirits, making the aswang or manananggal look like a human being again. So, how do you protect yourself from a manananggal? 1. You can sprinkle salt into your house, usually at the doors or windows. 2. Garlic should be hung on windows and doors. Manananggals are known to dislike the smell of garlic. If you come face to face with a manananggal, let's hope you have a stingray's tail or buntot ng pagi in Tagalog with you because you can use it to hit the manananggal. And I don't know if it would kill them instantly, but it would injure them. Alternatively, you could simply put it on display in your home and it'll keep them away. Remember how I said a while ago that the manananggal can swoop down between your legs and take you away? If you see a manananggal about to attack you, don't run. Instead, throw yourself to the ground and wait for it to pass. Because like I said, they will swoop down between your legs to take you away. And if you are on the ground, I guess they can't do that. Another way to kill this creature is to actively seek out its lower half. When you find it, apply garlic, ash, or salt to the exposed stump. 
You can also try and hide the lower half which will then keep the Manananggal from reuniting with it until the creature dies before sunrise. Now I asked on Instagram and Facebook if you guys have any Manananggal related stories and I had one submission. A huge shout out and thanks to Ralph A for his submission. A little disclaimer, this story is in Tagalog. When I was young, lagi akong nagbabakasyon sa probinsya kasama lolo at lola ko. Kapag nakatambay ako sa sala nila, napapansin ko laging may nakatabi na asin at parang stick na nakabalot sa basahan. Tinanong ko yung lolo ko kung para saan yung asin at yung stick na nakatabi dun sa taas. Sabi ng lolo ko, naghahanda lang daw siya kasi buntis daw yung kapitbahay namin at yung isa pa naming kapitbahay. Sabay kinuha niya yung akala ko lang na stick at buntot ng pagi pala yun. Sumunod na gabi, natutulog na ako nang biglang may narinig akong malakas na katok. Nagtaka ako kung sino yung kumakatok ng ganoon kalakas ng ganitong oras ng gabi. Narinig ko na lang na may kausap ang lolo ko. Pinilit kong pakinggan kung anong pinag-uusapan nila. Nakarinig daw ang kausap ni lolo ng tunog. Hindi ko alam kung anong tunog yun. Ang sabi naman ng lolo ko na may kukunin lang daw siya. Tapos siguro nung nakuha na niya, inaya niya na ang kausap niya palabas. Pumasok bigla ang lola ko sa kwarto ko at inutusan ako na isaradong mga bintana. Hindi ko alam kung anong oras na yun pero bigla siyang nagbudbud ng asin sa kwarto ko at naglagay ng mga bawang. Ako naman itong litong-lito kasi sobrang antok ko pa. Kaya hindi ko tinanong si Lola kung bakit niya yung ginagawa at nagpa siya na lang akong matulog ulit. Pero bago pa man ako makatulog ng tuluyan, narinig ko ang ingay sa labas. Pero di ko binuksan ang bintana kasi nga utos ng lola ko. Kinabukasan, tinanong ko ang lolo ko kung ano yung ingay kagabi. Diretsahan akong sinagot ng lolo ko. Sabi niya sa akin, may manananggal kagabi at tinangkang kainin ang bibi na nasa loob ng kapitbahay namin na buntis. Pagkasabi ng lolo ko sa akin nun, hindi ako makapaniwala na totoo pala yun. At dahil sa pangyayaring yun, Naniniwala na ako na hindi lang tao at hayop ang nabubuhay dito sa mundo na to. And that is it for the third episode of Season 4. I hope you enjoyed listening and learned something new. A huge thanks to Aswang Project for sponsoring this episode and to Ralph A. for his submission. Thank you so much. Also, one last announcement. I removed Dead Body Talks, my true crime podcast, and decided to merge it with my horror page. It's been renamed as Station Crime and is done through audio livestream on Facebook. So if you're interested, you can check that out. Now, sources for this podcast can be found on the Facebook page named Tabi Tabi Podcast. And you can also find updates for the Tabi Tabi Podcast on Instagram. Lastly, if you'd like to support me, please consider being a member of my Patreon at patreon.com slash tabitabipod. Thanks for listening to Tabitabipod with me, Ethan. Join us next time when we talk about other Philippine creatures. Bye!